In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've got to believe in yourself. That's what we're told, right? Over and over again. You've got to believe in yourself. And it, it sounds good and right. It sounds logical. And we've even heard it so many times that we even kind of assume that's what the Bible says. That's what God says. I mean, doesn't God want everyone to believe in themselves? Well, no, He doesn't. This is how our reading started today. You may not have caught it. Jesus told this parable, that's Pharisee tax collector, told this parable to some who believed in themselves. That was a problem. They were believing in themselves. Stop believing in yourself, Jesus says. He specifically tells this parable because believing in yourself is not good. It's a problem. The problem with this general advice, you've got to believe in yourself, is not that it never works. I'll mention it does work sometimes in some ways. But the problem is it's second-rate advice. It's second-rate. It's not as good as other advice. It's not sufficient for everyone in every situation. Basically, this is advice, this is the best advice a world can give when it has lost God. When a world has lost God, what else do they have to say? So they say, believe in yourself. That's the mantra of our age, believe in yourself. It's what Dora the Explorer and every other cartoon says to kids because Dora can't say, believe in God. So this is the best thing she has. It's what most of our schools, sadly, it's the best they have because they can't tell kids, they're not allowed to tell kids, believe in God's grace. So what else do they have? It's second rate. Believe in yourself. Now, in some cases, of course, it does actually work because there are cases where I might just need to work a little harder. So I can, in some cases, summon my will, right? Pull myself up, work a little harder. Somebody tells me, believe in myself. Boom, I might actually get something done. But it's not sufficient for most people in most situations. Would you tell someone dying of cancer, well, th this is your problem. You've got to believe in yourself. It doesn't really work, does it? Would you tell someone who's an alcoholic, has been an alcoholic for years, you've got to believe in yourself. Now, you might think that actually would work. It doesn't work. Their self is the problem. And I can prove this to you by the 12-step program, which has been in use for many, many, many years and works. What is step number two? Not believe in yourself. Believe in a higher power. If believing in yourself worked, it would be one of the steps, but it's not. Not believe in yourself. Would you tell someone whose family member just died, you just got to believe in yourself? Doesn't sound too compassionate or too helpful. Would you tell someone with mental illness, you know what the problem is? You're not believing in yourself enough. They would say, but myself is the problem. There's much better advice. Much better advice. Advice that's actually sufficient 
for everyone in every situation. It's the advice of the tax collector. You've got to believe in God's grace. <laughs> and you know what? If Dora the Explorer really knew what was best for kids, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of the Scriptures, if Dora the Explorer knew what was best for kids, she would tell them, believe in God's grace. That won't fail them. Now, do you know what happens when we accept this motto, believe in yourself? There is a very natural thing that happens. You become a hypocrite. You become a hypocrite. Because what happens is you must keep believing in yourself, even though sometimes you feel like maybe I shouldn't trust myself. But you keep believing in yourself to a point where you actually think you are better than other people. This is the nat very natural result. And then Jesus says, you look down on others with contempt. Again, that's from the very first verse of the Gospel reading. Jesus told this parable to some who believed in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. So look at the Pharisee. He stands by himself. Of course he does. He's better than everybody else. Stands by himself, believes in himself, believes he's superior to others, and this is what he prays. God... I thank you, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. I'm not like those extortioners who cheat people. I'm not like those unjust, those people that are never here in the temple like me. I'm not like those adulterers you know, who've been through divorces or cheated on their spouse. I'm not like any, and I'm not even like this tax collector. He's not like everyone else. He believes in himself. He believes he's better than other selves. And this is the greatest part. If you don't, I, I would hope you would almost like laugh when you hear him say it in a kind of sad, comical way. What's his proof that he's better than other people and better than you? Here's his proof. Two, two items of proof that he's better. One, he fasts twice a week. And two, he gives tithes of all that he gets. Whoa, man, look at this guy. Wow, he doesn't eat food twice a week, and he gives 10% of his money to church. Wow. whoop he do right? Who cares? What about all the hundreds of other sins that he's guilty of? This is... The classic, I mean, call, I tried to think of what I could call this. This is a classic smokescreen, the classic sham, the classic cover-up. You, you pick a couple things that you're actually proud of that you do, a couple things that you're better than others in your own mind anyway, like you fast twice a week and you give 10%, and then you ignore all the other sins. We are experts at this smoke screen, okay? What we have all, all of us, I guarantee you, you've done this, you've picked a few things that you're good at or that you're proud of, at least in your mind, and you focus on them. I'm so thankful that I'm not like those people that are always on government assistance. I've never taken government assistance for anything in my life. Not like those people. I'm so thankful that I'm not overweight like other people. Oh, it's disgraceful. I would never do that. I'm so thankful I don't drink too much. I can't believe how much she drinks. I would never do that. 
the pro athletes, they tell us to believe in ourselves all the time, you know, in their commercials when they're selling their wares. Believe in ourselves. And they want us to focus on how hard they've worked to become great at one thing, maybe basketball. Meanwhile, let's not talk about the rest of my life, right? Let's just ignore that. When we believe in ourselves, what we really mean is we've handpicked a couple things that make us feel we're better than the rest. I was so thankful. I still think about how cool this is. I was um, at El Paso Healthcare on Wednesday for the Bible study I do out there, and there's a sweet woman. She just she pinpointed this to the core. I was so thankful for her. Just so happened that when I walked into El Paso Healthcare, she just happened to be, she wasn't waiting for me, but she happened to be right there at the front door. And, she, so she, and she's come to Bible study before. She's like, oh, good, we're having Bible study. So she's walked with me. We have to walk through the building right now anyway because they got a COVID out there. Walk through the building out to the outdoor patio. Okay, so we're walking on the way. And she says, oh, it's good. They just got through the smoke break. So they're not gonna, not, everybody's not going to be out there smoking. Good. She says, oh, I don't smoke. My mama taught me better than that. And of course, I laughed and thought, yeah, all right, good, good. You don't smoke, no big deal. Well, then we're doing the Bible study. We're doing Pharisee and the tax collector. And I say what to all of them, what are some ways you guys believe in yourselves? Those some ways you think you're better than other people. And this, without a moment of hesitation, she laughed and said, I just did it on the way out here. She said, I told you that I'm better. My mama told me not to smoke. Well, I, mean, I, just, I was so thankful for her honesty. It just hit her right in the face. She was a hypocrite. She was a hypocrite. I remember so well of a different woman many years ago telling me she was so thankful for her good kids. She knew they were good because they didn't drink or smoke. Well, I happen to know her kids. <laughs> There were some other areas they may, might not have excelled at. Okay? So pay attention to this Pharisee. When you believe in yourself, that's what happens. You become him. We forget all these other wretched sins, and we convince ourselves that we're better than ours. That is a second-rate way to live. There's a better way to live, a better motto to live by, and that is to believe in God's grace. Okay, here's the tax collector. The tax collector doesn't play these games, and he could have, remember, he could have come in, stood far off, and then said, at least I'm not like that stupid hypocrite Pharisee. He thinks he's better than everybody else. And everybody would have said, yeah, you're right, at least you're not him. No, he didn't say that. He said, the only thing I believe about myself is that I am a terrible sinner. He stands far off, he won't even look up to heaven, and he beats his breast. I mean, just think about when have you been in, in such despair over yourself that you've hit yourself? Maybe we should try it. <laughs> he beats his breast. God, be merciful to me, I'm a sinner. And what if you'd have gone up to him and said, hey, dude, stop beating yourself. You need to believe in yourself a little more. He would have said... That's exactly the problem. What he knows is there's one thing that will never, ever fail you. One thing that will never fail to come through for you. If your motto is believe in yourself, that's going to fail you. Not every time, but a lot of times. Okay? 
You can muster up your will in some cases, but not in every one. But God's grace will work in every single situation. There is not a situation where His grace will not work. Okay? So, you come right out. You don't, you don't have to hide the sins. You just come right out with them. Yeah, I'm selfish. And I do drink too much sometimes. And I don't take care of my body the way I should. I'm a glutton often. I curse under my breath. I have dirty thoughts, angry thoughts, hateful thoughts. I don't give 10% to church like I should. Not even close. I watch too much TV. I've yelled at my family. Don't smoke screen it away. Don't say, well, at least I fast twice a week. God's grace can cover it. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He exalts the humble. Now, here's exhibit A of this. The Apostle Paul. The perfect example of this. Paul has a massively checkered past. Okay? Remember, this is the guy who was Saul, who was hateful, murderous. He, he goes, he's going around trying to arrest, torture, kill Christians. But this is what he says. This is in our reading today, 1 Corinthians 15. He says about himself. He does not say, but I believed in myself. He says this, for I am the least of the apostles. I'm unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am now. Does Paul believe in himself? Never. Never. He knows his sins full on. You read his letters, he's always talking about it. He believes in God's grace. I am what I am because of God's grace. That's a motto to live by. You can look at yourself right now and say, if there's any good in me right now, it's by the grace of God. I believe in His grace. I am certainly the least of all Christians. I don't even deserve to call myself a Christian. But by the grace of God, I am. This is first-rate advice, truly. This is the best advice you're ever going to get right from Jesus. Exhibit B. If he tells a parable about a tax collector, well, what about Zacchaeus? That's in the very next chapter of Luke. Jesus meets Zacchaeus. And does Zacchaeus say, well, I may be a tax collector, but at least I'm not like them? No. He believes in God's grace, and this is what he says. Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. He didn't give a smoke screen. He just comes out with it. I've defrauded people. He doesn't say, yeah, but I fasted twice a week. No, I've defrauded people. Of course he has. He's a tax collector. That's what they did. But he believes in God's grace. Now one more, one more. Speaking of tax collectors, money, defrauding people, giving tithes, I'd like to use one more example from our modern day. Dave Ramsey is the founder and he's the owner and head of this group called Ramsey Financial Solutions. Many of you know him because you maybe heard him on the radio or something like that, or you've come to one of the classes. So we, we've hosted a few of his classes here, uh, the uh, Financial Peace University. Okay? He helps people to work toward financial peace. Now, I want to be careful that you understand I'm not endorsing every single thing Dave Ramsey does. I know he, he has some flaws and maybe some of his theology is, is not exactly what, what we would agree with, but I think he's a perfect example of what I'm talking to you about today. Dave, if you've ever taken one of his classes, he starts out every single class with a long description of how he utterly 
failed. And I mean big time failed. And he was supposed he, he was supposed to be a financial guy. But he had to declare bankruptcy. And uh, it was it was bad. And just think about how embarrassing that is and humiliating for someone to have to tell that story over and over again. But he tells it all the time. And his motto then didn't become, I've got to believe in myself more. But instead, what happened to him, as you, if you, are, you, know, you can probably find that on YouTube or something, you can look it up, him tell this story. What happened to him is that by God's grace, he was not directed to himself, he was directed to God's Word. And again, maybe not in the perfect way, but he became the tax collector saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's why I love about the, that's why I would still teach his classes, what I love about him, because number one on every budget sheet that you ever do with him, is what? God. Number one is God. Giving to God. Everything we have is grace. That's where it all starts from. Dave Ramsey, he had to learn in a really hard way. I mean, it was hard on him and his family. But he found the only thing worth living by is God's grace. Okay? Now, does he give practical steps to use your money better? Of course, that's all part of it. But what you learn first and foremost from him is that every bit of every dollar is the grace of God. And that is truly the most important. Jesus says, I tell you, this man, the tax collector, went to his house justified rather than the other. So what about you? You're, you're about to go home in a little bit here. Home to your house. Will you go home justified? You will if you believe in God's grace. You won't if you believe in yourself. You, like Paul, like Zacchaeus, like Dave Ramsey, like the Pharisee, the tax collector, you've got great sins that you're ashamed of. Okay? Failures you can't hide. But don't believe in yourself. Stop believing in yourself. You're not sufficient for it. Believe in God's grace. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then go home justified because the one thing that will never, ever fail you is not you. It's God's grace. The peace of God which passes all understanding guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.